Welcome to Monday's Mitch Podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited you're here. <laughs> I do. I get so excited every time I start this. If I'm going to go to record something, I just think, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, this is awesome that people are genuinely receptive and responsive to Improving the quality of their lives through conscious leadership, how to lead themselves better, how to, if they want, lead others better or support others who want to lead. Not everybody is uh, is really biting off every aspect, every opportunity when it comes to leadership. And they also realize that those around them may be more interested. So they become a conduit to that. So if you want to send people here, I'm more than welcome to, <laughs> to receive them. And uh, if you want to lead at a higher level, hopefully you'll be able to pick up some tips and tools and, and uh, I was going to say tricks, but they're not really tricks. They're just really, it's, it's really an opportunity to develop uh, a different awareness around what it means to lead more consciously. So I want to talk a little bit today about something that I see happen all the time is people coming to me. And somehow convinced that there's something wrong with them, that there in, in many ways is uh, something that's something that's broken. And I understand that. I have a lot of empathy towards that because I will tell you that for many years, I, uh, <laughs> I definitely believed that there was something wrong with me. I definitely believed that there was something that was broken. And I definitely believed that there was something that needed to be fixed. And... It seemed no matter where I looked, I couldn't find the answers to that. And truthfully, the places I was looking was not inside. I kept looking outside. I kept looking for a book that would suddenly spark something inside of me. I kept looking for a therapist that would spark something inside of me. I kept looking for um, kind of like a, um, you know, a football team, whatever. They sit and they watch the game films of the the team that they're playing the following week. So they start to see where they can be better, where they can be stronger. So I used to pump myself up by doing things along those lines, but really in a way that uh, allowed me to allowed me to work from the outside to somehow fill myself up. And what I learned over time was that that was ultimately creating a, really in many ways a temporary result because it was almost like taking a drug feeding myself with it, and then hoping to have it carry me for some period of time. And then when it would wear off, and then I'd have to find something else. And it suddenly dawned on me as I went through my own travels 
and we've heard me talk about this before, when I suddenly realized that I was the common denominator and all the things that were upsetting me, all the things that didn't work, all the things that were challenging to me. And I always ended up back with the same idea, the same concept. What's wrong with me? Something must be broken. Something must need to be fixed. And suddenly I dawned on me that, you know, maybe it's time to like do a deeper level of work. Maybe it's time to look inside to go out instead of outside to go in to somehow pretend that I was somehow in a better place than I was. I remember <laughs> I used to, I don't know, it was, it was a long time ago. Let's, let's see what decade was it. So dating myself here, but it was the, it was the, I would say it was the late eighties, early, no, it was the late eighties. And, uh, I had a, I remember I had a jean jacket and I had a button. I don't know where I got it, but it said, I'm centered. And I was so not centered. <laughs> I was so anything but centered. But for some reason, I guess I wanted people to think I was centered. So I wore this button on the the uh, jean jacket that I had. I actually just forgot about that story until this very moment. This is the beauty of recall. And that's, you know, kind of where I was. And I was I was really in a place where I'd love to talk about the work or talk about being more spiritual without actually doing anything about it. I was still pumping things from the outside in to try and pump me up. And like I said, it wears off at a certain point. And suddenly I woke up one day as I started doing a deeper level of work and I had this epiphany moment where I suddenly realized that nothing was broken, that nothing needed to be fixed, that I am whole, well, and complete as I am. What the game was what the opportunity was, was looking at it and saying, what are the areas that are still adjusting, still stepping up to, still learning? And as you grow in consciousness, it's always going to change. What are the areas where I could actually tweak my game? So the game became about tweaking things. So I often use the analogy of, People say to me, well, what do you do as a, as a coach, as somebody who leads at that higher level? What is it that you do with your clients? I said, well, I believe that my clients have always had all the knowledge and all the resources and everything available to them, and somehow they misplaced what it is that they already know somewhere in consciousness. So my job was to say, listen, there's nothing broken, and I'm going to prove it to you. So what I would do is I would ask them what they thought was wrong, what they thought wasn't working. And I likened what I did, and I explained it to people, and I'll explain it to you now what I do. What I, do. I likened it to a, a swing coach for a golfer, that my work is about listening to somebody and seeing where there is some component of their game, of their swing, that's causing them to shank the ball to the right or to the left, that's not allowing them to go, let's say, straighter down the fairway. So I listen, and I've talked about it before. There are different things that I listen for. I listen for the subtext, not just the words that they're using, um, but what is the meaning behind the words that they're using. And I also listen to the words that they're using. What's the definition that they have for a particular word that might be muddying the waters, that might be confusing them? Maybe it's an old definition, and we're uncovering in many ways a limiting belief that somebody has about themselves. And if we can identify that and we can isolate it, which is the work, 
I'm noticing on your follow through, you're picking your head up too quickly, and that's what's causing the ball to go to the right. To be able to teach people how to keep their head down, to tweak some aspect of their game so that they understand that there's nothing broken. We're just making adjustments. And if we can isolate that component, that word, that limiting belief, that story they've been telling themselves, we can somehow isolate it from everything else that's going on. See, everything that happens in a, in a golf swing is there's a, there's a mastery and a fluidity to it that if you're doing it long enough over periods of time, that you're not even thinking about what you're doing. There's a series of things that you're doing. You don't even think it's automatic. So in many ways, we become automatic in our limitations, in our limiting beliefs, in the words that we use. It's all pre-programmed. So my role then, and what I want to inspire more people to do when they're leading other people, is to be listening for that moment, listening for that word, listening for that limiting belief, so that we can tweak that one aspect and then watch what happens to the rest of their game. It's powerful. It's powerful. And understanding that we're all evolving consciously at all times. So the tweaking is not something that you do once. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. Because remember, consci- consciousness is not a destination and transformation is not a straight line. So we're always going to be tweaking our game. What if we could make the choice to get excited about that? See, a lot of times I was reading, I'm trying to remember the book I was reading, but I remember a while ago I was reading a book and it said that a satellite or a rocket ship that we send, let's say, to the moon, 97% of the time it's off track. It's constantly, almost constantly, course correcting. When you're driving down the street and you're driving, you have your hands on the wheel, it's automatic that you're suddenly making little slight adjustments because if you didn't, you would ultimately crash (laughs) at some point. So it's this idea that we're constantly making adjustments in different areas of our lives, and we have to make constant adjustments in the way we think. Constant adjustments in the way we process information. Because remember, as we grow, the goal is to outgrow our limitations, to outgrow the limiting beliefs that at one time worked and or for sure kept us safe that are no longer working. So this course correction concept is ongoing. And sometimes we're making small adjustments and sometimes they're larger ones. And can we be good with that? Sometimes people go, God, Mitch, I thought I was done with this. Well, we're not done with something until we're done with something. I genuinely believe that there's always a deeper cut. There's always a a greater awareness, a greater understanding, a greater fine-tuning that's available. I know when I went back in 97 when my dad passed away, and it was sudden, and it was around eight days before our, our youngest was born. It was quite a shock. And I also realized at that time I felt very complete with my father, that there was nothing broken between us, that there was nothing that needed to be fixed that we together, father and son, were whole, well, and complete. And then over time, things would unfold, greater awarenesses would unfold, greater appreciations would unfold for me 
because as I grew in consciousness, I had a greater awareness of what my father may have been experiencing or going through. I had greater awarenesses of things that maybe I was holding on to that I needed to let go of. And I didn't look at it as, oh, God, I can't believe I thought I was done with this. No, like I got excited by it. Because when you understand that process for yourself, now you can lead other people at that higher level of consciousness through stuff they're going through. Not going around. We don't want to go around something. We don't want to avoid something. We want to go through it. There's information there. There's potential wisdom and knowledge that we want to we want to grab. So we have to look at this as a process, an unfolding process, an ever unfolding process. And realizing that as we grow, we get to make choices about what we value most. What we value most in the experience that we're willing to shift. Because it's all a choice. If somebody wants to be convinced that they're broken, if somebody wants to be convinced that that something needs to be fixed and they're locked into that story, then they're locked into that story. If they value growth, if they value shift, if they value change, if they value ownership and responsibility, then they do that first and foremost for themselves to show themselves that it's possible to make those changes, to make those adjustments, to kind of get an upgrade on their beliefs. And now they become a conduit, a teacher, a coach, a mentor to be able to support other people as they go through it. Yeah, Bill, I totally hear what you're going through and see what you're going through. I understand the experience, although it's not my father, it's yours. I have my own stuff around my own father, and I'm realizing there's some similarities here. I have some ideas and thoughts around this if you're open to hearing them. And then giving Bill the opportunity to say, yeah, well, please, Mitch, tell me what you learned. Tell me what your experiences were. So I watched Bill. I listened to Bill. I felt Bill just as a swing coach is watching a golfer swing a golf club. And I'm looking for those places that I can support him in tweaking his game. It's all a tweak, folks. It's all a tweak. Nothing is broken. Nothing needs to be fixed. We are all whole, well, and complete. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive. 